0: Well, a very good day to you, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Entering Stage Right. I'm DePaul Thomas, actor and playwright, podcasting from the heartland of America right here in old Indianapolis, Indiana. And joining me, as always, from the left coast, but always entering stage right, is my co-host, wonderful actor, director of some of the biggest hits in TV history, Sir Philip Charles Mackenzie, and a, a very good day to you, Philip. How is everything going out here on April the fifteenth in Los Angeles?
1: Well, if your taxes are all done, there uh, today is the day. <laughs> oy vey, oy
0: vey, you had to bring it up, of course, didn't you? of course.
1: Listen, oh. uh, you know, I was walking the dog this morning, and dawn broke, and uh, <laughs> dawn was breaking. The moon was up, and uh, you know, I realized something that. Uh, uh, no matter how blue one can be, or what whatever one's uh, momentary or life travails are, I always find when dawn breaks, it is always hopeful that today will be a good day, and that's, that's and that's what it showed me this morning. Just a beautiful sky. Uh, yeah. Quickly, we have a um, you know spring has spr- finally sprung here after all the rain we've had. And Same we, here, and we have a a Chinese fringe tree in our front yard. Mm-hmm. and uh it exploded in blossoms this morning and it's just uh, not this morning this past week rather and it's just fantastic uh, just uh, these white blossoms that are of, of a very interesting and unique shape they're not just like little flowers I, I i don't even know how to describe them but they're chinese fringe tree just wonderful and to uh and to top off my uh um, <laughs> Los Angeles. We we've talked about coyotes before a few times on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, this the and they usually right at dawn they are you know skittering back to the golf course where they you know because that's yep. that's their they're daytime that. safety place exactly. Right. Well, at around eight o'clock this mo- uh, the, uh, in the morning, early in the week. I get in my car and I'm about to go someplace and I look across the street and by eight o'clock in the morning, there are some cars, you know, rush hour going up and down. So, so life is going on. And I look across the street, and there's a coyote you know you know trotting up the street uh, you yeah. know his friends either left him behind or he got busy doing something. but in you know eight o'clock in the morning, broad day like this, this coyote was just uh, boogalooing up the
0: street. So- do, do, do you know you know what's so funny i had uh, I had lunch with David lips, one of our one of our wonderful listeners uh yesterday. And he uh, he got there about five minutes late. I said, "Well, California time, you're early." He said, "Yeah, it was kind of busy." Uh, next thing I know, I'm on my way over here, and there was a coyote in the middle of the road. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe they, it's the season. Uh, you know. Must Spring be has sprung for the coyotes as well for all of them. <laughs> well, listen to go from the uh, to go from the
1: absolute uh, sublime to the uh, ridiculous. Uh, talk to uh, me, I want to me. talk about San Francisco. Which has really become a, a, a hellhole. Do you remember Tony Bennett's song I Left My Heart in San Francisco? Oh, well now, among other things, it's I left my poop in San Francisco because this yeah, city is yeah, just yeah, full of yeah. it. And 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 this is this is how this is how out of touch and bizarre these people are in San Francisco. Uh, there was a murder uh, last week. I, I guess this uh, tech guy uh, who used yeah. to live in San Francisco, and because he hated yep. the city so much or because of what he had become, he moved away. But yep. he came back. His name was Bob Lee. He came back. He had to be there on business, and he gets mm-hmm. stabbed to death. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, they found out uh, that it was a uh, someone he actually knew. It wasn't a random. Yeah, it I wasn't, heard that. It was right, an Acquaintance. Yeah. It was a random thing. A tech consultant who they they knew each other. But here's mm. what happened in the city. Mayor London Breed came out and said, almost crowing about it. You see, this proves we as a city are in great shape. This was a one-off killing. This. This wasn't indic- in- indicative of uh, of what we are as a city. So she was almost crowing about this particular murder, which which yes, which yeah. is is very bizarre. And Elon Musk, who obviously Twitter's located in in San Francisco, had some very sharp things to say. And um, Chesa Boudin, uh, the ex uh, former uh, uh, DA in San Francisco, was replaced by Brooke Jenkins, who was about. Um, you know, two millimeters—a uh, little more uh, 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 pro-police and anti-anti-crime uh, uh, than he is, but about two millimeters. She was offended. Yeah. They were all offended. You can't say our city like this. It proves that the city is in great shape, and all the perceptions are being are being are being perpetrated by the media. Uh, but that doesn't take into consideration, in uh, uh, as of June twenty twenty-one, uh, 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 break-ins of, uh, uh increased over seven. 750 percent in san francisco and in in many ways san francisco can you, can
0: you just give us that quote again how much what was the percentage car break-ins yes in
1: 2021 a 750 percent year over year increase amazing in in, in this in, amazing. It, it, it just gets worse all the time it's one of, it's become one of the most crime-ridden cities in the country in fact Compton, California, which has been known as a you know, in in, yep. in South Los Angeles, an infamous home of drug gang turf wars, and and you know ninety percent of is. Compton is uh, twice as safe as san francisco now the the the, uh, the, the sort of the capper on this, which is which up. is angering and pathetic and and heartrending. Mm-hmm. the junkies in the street, you know they like to call them not homeless but what unhoused people they are not unhoused people they are junkies and schizophrenics, and nobody is doing anything in san francisco and this week, a young woman white looked like she, probably at her early 20s, looked like she could have come from suburban Chicago or suburban Los Angeles, mm-hmm. We're smoking crack all day, mm-hmm. and in the street gives mm-hmm. birth, in the mm-hmm. middle of the street. And mm-hmm. this was caught on video. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it, my heart broke. You know who my heart broke for? The baby. <laughs> and this is going on not only just in san francisco but mm-hmm. in our cities and 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 the 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 leftist mayors of these cities just pretend mm-hmm. that everything is fine well it's not fine san francisco used to be a jewel i have said i used to, i I caught oh, there yeah. for many years and would go for many yeah. years and it was just a thrill to be there it has turned into a a, uh, a a just a sewer and 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 the denial. And yes. by the way san francisco is 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 way up there with the amount of people leaving it as uh you know uh, uh you know people are leaving Californian droves that and San Francisco is not exempt from that a lot of people are leaving san francisco as well so yeah. very very yeah. sad very pathetic and angling <laughs> well, because because of the denial about it
0: all yeah. well that's that's the whole point i mean you know. The old Truman mantra, you know, the buck stops here, just hasn't worked its way down to Mayor Breed, that's for sure and this uh this uh, you know uh, saying that this one off uh of the tech gentleman who was killed by an associate etc cetera, etc cetera, proves you know that the city is not as bad as people say et etc cetera, et cetera. It's just uh and what does it, it say it,
1: about his life? No problem it, there
0: that was just a one off
1: oh good yeah That's just
0: good. it it, it yeah, 's totally anecdotal and it 's relevant to. You know, I, it's interesting because it's been a quarter of a century since my wife and I used to go up there a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would visit the cathedral there on the hill. And uh, I have a feeling if I would return right now, I'd feel like Rip Van Winkle uh, awakening up to some kind of post modernist nightmare or something. I mean,. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 uh just just crazy what is going on, Philip, all across the board here It has been quite a week of uh denial. I love our boys down in Nashville who are able to lead a demonstration. Right in the chamber of the...
1: An insurrection. Let's call it an insurrection, oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. If January 6th was an insurrection, so was this, if you want to play that game. but
0: uh- Yeah. And uh, in the meantime, our uh, president in absentia is over in Ireland. I don't know what he's saying. Something about, let's go lick, lick the rest of the world. Is, you remember that? I mean, it's just insanity and, what's and, coming and on. And
1: he, and, and, and he teased us, too, by saying, I don't want to come home. And it was like, Joe... <laughs>
0: yeah. Good. I'm down with that. <laughs> <laughs> Have we got a plan for you, baby? Oh, we're, yeah. We're, we're glad you like the old family homes there in the castle and uh just stay put. But, you know, it's interesting, Philip, moving into our 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 subject today that deals with hoaxes and myths and disinformation and experts all over the place. For some reason, I woke up the other morning and I was reminded how an old friend of mine who, who listened to our early podcast Uh, And and he knew me in my liberal days. Uh, You remember our liberal days, don't you, Philip, before we had our Damascus Road experience and we were struck by
1: the light? I I do before someone (laughs) hit me over the head with a two-by-four, and his name was (laughs)
0: Shelby Steele. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Shelby Steele. You betcha. (laughs) uh, But your your friend. Tell me about your friend. Well, I mean, you know, early on, I remember he accused us of employing clickbait. In our podcast Hey guess what I don't even know what clickbait is <laughs> Brother Now this is so funny uh, Because two years ago when, when that accusation came In a personal email to me that's how, that's how, uh, you know, uh, out of, out of the loop I was, I said, clickbait. What? I looked it up. I mean, I, I was totally unaware of it. And of course, usually it's on the internet. Yes. It comes from click and bait whose contents main purpose is to attract attention and encourage visitors to click on your site. And boy, Philip, haven't you and I really been working hard on our clickbait is it? Uh, don't you agree? I mean, uh, we spend our time doing that uh,
1: instead. Every what? day, every day I get up and <laughs> <laughs> and whose bait can I click
0: today? I, I you <laughs> no. know I, 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 you, I have no idea. <laughs> but 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 you see this this kind of labeling right. that goes on is so emblematic of 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 what is what is really taking place out there. And you've got more to say about this. Some some unfounded accusations. Uh, oh, all we have to do is think domestic terrorists, white Christian nationalists being the greatest threat to democracy. All of these accusations have become part of the weaponry of the media tech and the bureaucratic smear campaign. It is in full bloom. And they're the ones who are essentially sanctioning the mis and the disinformation campaigns. And that's from Meta to the Department of Justice, even, yes, to the, oh, bright, bright Aspen Institute. Tell us a little bit more, Philip, as we move into the.
1: Well, it's interesting you mentioned, I was thinking about this the other day, and you and I, uh, uh, over the last couple of years here and there, have talked about the. Uh, we even did a whole podcast on misinformation, disinformation, malinformation. Correct. What, yeah. what, what I, I want to talk about today and what you've just uh, introduced, that it seems very sort of glib uh, to say, oh, something's just misinform- missed, dis, malinformation. It goes way deeper than that. Now, it goes much deeper than that, which, which to me is quite alarming. In uh, our, one of our favorite uh, publications, online publications, the Tablet, Jacob Siegel wrote an amazing article called "The uh, The Guide to Understanding the Hoax of the Century," mm-hmm. and what happened in in. Um, you know, the old thing used to be uh, McCarthyism. And it, uh, uh, McCarthyism, you know, the, remember he used to held up, I have a I have a list with 205 names of communists, and the list was actually 57, and he kept a secret list. But it became the kind of thing uh, uh, that it became uh, in America about the warning about dan- the dangerous allure of blacklists, witch hunts, and demigods.
0: Right. Well,
1: in 2017 a another list of alleged russian agents royal the american press and political class happened to coincide with trump mm-hmm. a new outfit called hamilton 68 Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever heard of that. Claimed to have discovered hundreds of Russian affiliated accounts that had mm-hmm. infiltrated Twitter to sow chaos and help Donald Trump win the election. Russia stood, ac- Russia became the, you know, the, the, the whipping boy here, stood accused of hacking social media platforms, the new centers of power, which they in many ways are, and using them to covertly direct events inside the United States. Mm. Well, mm. This, is, this is how bad it is. If people remember a couple of months ago, they, they dragged a bunch of ex-Twitter uh, executives in front of Congress uh, who, who were part and parcel of, 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 of Twitter being uh, just, uh, you know, a, a, a leftist political uh, um, uh, sewer to go to San Francisco because that's where it is. What, what, after reviewing, by the way, none of this was true. Yoel Roth, who was Twitter's safety officer, who was in front of Congress that day, and, uh, and, and, and really deep in that, in, in, in that uh, uh, dungeon of Twitter, oh, yeah. even he privately admitted that his company, mm-hmm. this is back then, was allowing real people to be unilaterally labeled Russian stooges mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. evidence or recourse. Mm-hmm. So the so this so so what mm. what happened here? What 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 the proof that emerged earlier this year was that Hamilton sixty eight was a high level hoax perpetrated against the American people, and it was met with a great wall of si- silence in the national press. And this really began. You know, you said something a couple of weeks ago. You mean the fact that it was a hoax. Yes, the fact that it was made up—that it was made yep. up by people in right. power, people in, right. people in, and connected with the the intelligence community. And you know, you said you said something. Uh, I, I, think, I think it was in private some some time back that mm-hmm. that the uh, Patriot Act. Uh, that was uh, initiated after 911 really was the uh, the 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 um, the beginning of this Yeah,
0: the catalyst, the to, catalyst
1: it, to it the catalyst to it because yeah. it used to be the FBI didn't talk to the CIA and CIA yep. didn't talk to the FBI and they said well right, we can't right, have right, this right. so they merged them not merged them but yeah. you know it initiated uh, uh, um, inter interagency uh, Uh,
0: communications and
1: then and then and right at the end of barack obama's term oh right december 23rd
0: 2016 that's right right. Uh, merry christmas he
1: signed into law yeah the countering foreign propaganda and disinformation act
0: which used the
1: language of defending Mm -hmm. the homeland to launch an open-ended offensive information war
0: bing bing
1: And this kept, you know, and There, there, are, there are, there's a ton of evidence. I don't want to get deep into the weeds about it. A, a ton of evidence of who was involved in this and, mm-hmm. and how um, uh, articles and, and, uh, and uh, memos and things that were sent out that, that just sort of fed into this. And basically, the message from the U.S. defense establishment was clear, was to win the information war. An existential conflict taking place in the borderless dimensions of cyberspace, meaning the government needed to dispense with outdated legal distinctions between foreign terrorists and American citizens. So, since two thousand sixteen, this has the, the, the federal government has spent billions of dollars turning a counter disinformation complex into one of the most powerful forces in the modern world. Now, what do we think of it? And we are yeah. talking about the whole of society in effort to seize control not only of the internet, but in fact, because of uh, because the internet is so powerful, if you seize control over that. As an example, you achieve total control of any information that um, that the public uh, can get.
0: Yeah, Philip, I, 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 I go, no I, go I, ahead. I, I mean I just, just wanted it, to set the table. Well it, it, it provokes one's imagination. I mean just understanding this this cura um, theatre that has taken place i mean it literally is a complete sea change going on to think that um biden uh, the white house this army now of disinformation experts when you know uh, uh, and again putting everything on this existential level so now of course They're maintaining that the threat is within, that there is this uh, nebulous network, as it were, of the right wing. They're all domestic terrorists. The white nationalists are out there, the QAnon fanatics that I've never even met one, and some 70 million, of course, Trump voters, all of them somehow add up to, and Siegel points this out in his article, as if it's a fifth column within the United States. And not only that, you get you get.
1: Uh, there are over three hundred former FBI and CIA mm-hmm. uh, people who worked for the agency mm-hmm. who are working f- for Facebook. They work yeah. at Twitter. They work at Google. They work at Amazon and upper yeah. management. They the, the, the they there are veterans of the national security establishment are all throughout that. Now, you mentioned QAnon uh, and and all of these things, but it goes. You and I have talked about this. It goes beyond that. It goes into school board meetings. Uh, you know that they are domestic terrorists.
0: Traditional Catholics Dr- that believe in the Latin mass. That's right. That came out again. And by the way, it
1: came out that uh, this past week that um, uh, yeah. Christopher Ray w- w- lied to Congress because he said no, it wasn't that. But they are the, the FBI is recruiting people within the Catholic Church to accuse. People who still believe in the Latin mass of being potential terrorists. The the point of this being not to go, you know, one by one by one, but, yeah, just, yeah, th- yeah. but this is some of the examples that we've talked about and people, our listeners mm-hmm. have uh, uh, been exposed to in other places. Uh, uh, Trump's election, right? That whole Mm -hmm. thing, that was the whole setup. It was Facebook's fault. Uh, And and if you remember, a Joe Rogan interviewed Mark Zuckerberg, uh, uh, I don't know, a year or so ago. And Zuckerberg said, yes, well, the FBI and the CIA, they were coming to us and say, well, you know, you got to watch out for this. And you got, you know, essentially setting him up. So this was part Mm -hmm. of the get Trump thing. And the Mm -hmm. next Mm -hmm. thing is because of all of this, it is about collecting data. But what is the data? The data is they are collecting data on American citizens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My question is, mm-hmm. why? What data do you need from me, say? I'm not talking about my income taxes because I file my income taxes. Oh, what you've already it,
0: done them? Well, of course.
1: <laughs> what, what, what if, uh, you know, uh, is, is it the thing that someone can see what, I, uh, what websites I go on to? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. collecting data about people, so again, I always ask what 's the end game here and by the way, the internet uh, meaning uh, social media isn 't yeah. it funny how it went from when it first started to wow, this really great thing it's it 's so democratic people from all over the world you know and, and the country can just you know post something and their thoughts and things it is gone, it has become a weaponized a platform for the deep state, and by uh, the way, the yeah. deep state is deeper
0: than we think. And, and so this uh, is not
1: conspiracy. Uh, yeah. This is very re- well no, researched
0: stuff. Uh, it, it's not only not conspiracy. I mean, it is. It is uh, you know uh, something that just every citizen. Uh, needs to be completely aware of. I mean, imagine, and we forget these things because they just happen. They come and they go. You know, uh, will will we ever find out uh, who did the leak in the Supreme Court? You know, we can get this young kid in no time flat, but will we ever find out who did the leak in the Supreme Court? And will we remember that the Department of Homeland Security and 2021 produced a video encouraging quote children to report their own family members to facebook for disinformation if they challenge us government narratives on covid-19 yep
1: that was and that's one of the other ones too that we talked about the whole covid thing what be, became an extension of and and part and parcel of um the, 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 the disinformation, not allowing, not trusting. They don't like, the, the powers that be don't like the American people. They yeah. wanted to have their narrative. And if there were scientists who were 10 times more reputable than, uh, than, than Fauci, that, that who, who had other opinions researched about COVID, they weren't even allowed to speak So, which, talk about uh, uh, ridding the country of democracy. I want information. If Fauci and the CDC, those morons there, say something... All right, you say it, but I want to see what else, what someone else says too, so I, as an American citizen, can make up my own mind.
0: Yeah, and, and the thing I find so amusing, just like you were saying, and we were mentioning earlier on how, uh, you know, it's, it was like clickbait. What's that? Uh, Siegel poses the question in this wonderful article that he has, and again, it's on, uh, you can find it in tablet.com. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he asked, How is it that so many people could suddenly become experts in this field of disinformation that that not one in 10,000 could have even defined in 2014. And then he says, uh, because expertise in disinformation involves ideological orientation, not technical knowledge. And he says for proof, and I love this Look no further than the arc traced by Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, who pivoted from being failed podcast hosts to joining the Aspen Institute's Commission on Information Disorder.
1: Ah. That's a, you know, one of the things, you, you must have been a really great actor, DePaul, because that was, this was a fabulous segue. <laughs> speaking of the, speak, speaking of the Aspen Institute, um, you know, one of the two people who appeared in front of Congress, uh, uh, Michael Schellenberger and, yeah. and the other being Matt Taibbi, leftists, liberals, Democrats. Are, are two yeah. of the guys who, ha- who have uh, w- w- appeared in front of Congress and really outed Twitter for what it was, uh, you know, under Yoel Roth and all of these other people. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. he, um, he, uh, he, he, he said something very interesting that, uh, it, that in uh, speaking of the Aspen Institute in June, mm-hmm. think of if, if we can follow the timeline here, in mm-hmm. June mm-hmm. of 2020, that's during the presidential campaign.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Table t- a, a tabletop exercise. I don't know what that means. We'll find out. Conducted by the Aspen Institute,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a progressive nonprofit whose stated mission is the, real, is the realization of a free, just, and equitable society. Doesn't it sound great? Mm. The organization is funded by Carnegie Corporation, <laughs> Gates Foundation, Ford Foundation, and guess what else? Guess who else? The federal government, our tax dollars. According to Schellenberger, this exercise, a tabletop exercise, involved yep. role-playing on how to respond to a Russian, quote, unquote, hack and leak, unquote, operation regarding Hunter Biden. The timing here is especially interesting, considering that the FBI had taken possession of Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop six months prior. So what they're doing, you know, everybody's always talking about this has been debunked or something, you know, know, the the crooked election has been debunked. Well, this is about Mm pre-bunking. So so the Aspen Institute being funded by the U.S. government... uh, This tabletop exercise was actually a Zoom call, a role-playing Zoom call on how to deal with the Russian hack and leak around Hunter Biden in June 20, months before, even before Rudy Giuliani gave the laptop to the New York Post. So what are we talking about? Why is the Aspen Institute having this exercise to pre-bunk?
0: Tell us why. Uh, Basically,
1: they are training or brainwashing, this is Schellenberg's words, all these journalists. You've got CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, Wikimedia Foundation, Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. of them coming together saying, do you remember in the old days the uh, Pentagon Papers? The New York yep. Times leaked yep. them, and of leaking course. was wonderful, wasn't it? It was democracy in action. Well, what's <laughs> happening now, it was democracy in action, the, right. the, the free press. Well, now they are learning in pre-bunking these, these uh, CNN, New York Times, et al. Yeah. is You should not cover it in the way— Journalists have traditionally covered it, which was to put it out there. Now, no, they are part and parcel of the of the hiding of it. If you remember, if we remember the uh, the um, Hunter Biden thing, only the New York Post put it out. Everybody else said, "What? Yeah. What? What laptop?" Who's Hunter Biden? You know, this. So this is. uh,
0: The role playing played off. The role playing played off. Paid off. Paid off. uh, You're absolutely
1: right. So this is. uh, Yeah. This is. uh, uh, I I, I think uh, it. It. Unless something major is done, I don't know if it would be, uh, you know, hopefully uh, Biden's gone, uh, 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 you know, even a Republican, let's say a conservative, let's say Donald Trump or or Ron DeSantis, Mm -hmm. this is going to be a rough act to Quell and get on top of it. it, it you know, it, it's becoming it, 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 yeah, it's becoming yeah. endemic now. It
0: it, it 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 really is, Philip. It's um, just following up on again that. Uh, you're bringing us a uh, current on 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 what the aspen oh i i just i just love these role playing things you know they go on all the time in the dei meetings they go on all the time in corporate america and uh uh i, I oh, there, there's just something about them that is by by very structure by its manipulation that I find false. But in in, in Jacob Siegel's uh, article, uh, again, understanding the hoax of the century that we have been referring to, he refers to the uh, Yale philosopher Jason Stanley and the linguist David Beaver, who in their book, The Politics of Language, argue, and you've heard this, Philip, and this is just part and parcel of what we're talking about today, free speech threatens democracy, as much as it also provides for its flourishing. So Siegel, taking off from that, points this out so beautifully, underscoring what you've just said. Siegel says, so the problem of disinformation is also a problem of democracy itself, specifically that there's too much of it. He is, he is, in essence, taking out the logic that uh, Stanley and Beaver argue, free speech threatens democracy. What? To save, to, let, let me no, let please, just continue please, with, please, this, please, to, to, with his quote. To save liberal democracy, the experts prescribe two critical steps. And again, Siegel is quoting uh, the politics of language. He says, America must become less free and less democratic. This necessary evolution will mean shutting out the voices of certain rabble-rousers in the online crowd who have forfeited the privilege of speaking freely. It will require the wisdom of disinformation experts and outgrowing our parochial attachment to the Bill of Rights This view may be jarring, Siegel writes, to people who are still attached to the American heritage of liberty and self-government, but it has become the official policy of the country's ruling party and much of the American intelligentsia. That is an amazing
1: quote. It is actually... I use the word essentially a lot so I won't use that but it, no. what it actually is is that free speech free thought is a danger but to whom the ruling class yeah. so yeah. you know if this if this isn't if this isn't uh, east germany if this isn't the soviet union if this isn't communist china what is? Yeah. And, and, by the, and, and by the way, yeah. it, it's yeah. more important. The, these people, these people who actually might have an individual thought or an opinion that goes against whoever this guy thinks should be the people in charge. I guess Ibermex X. Kendi, right? Isn't he supposed to be one mm-hmm. of the ones who's mm-hmm. in charge? Yep. If yep. it goes yep. against what they think, you're the enemy. Now, yeah. just think about it. This is not far fetched. It's happening again. I will repeat. It's happening to parents at school board meetings. It's happening at the Catholic Church. Yeah, and you, and, and, w- and one could go on. This is, well, this is I, the or, and they and they they use the word they throw the word democracy in First Amendment free speech is is overrated, really. Okay, fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's it's not only not overrated; it is so underrated in our teaching and in our schools. And thank God, uh, one of our listeners has a foundation that is attempting to redress that issue, uh, which we'll talk about later. But another classical example of this, moving right along, Philip, if you don't mind my please, doing please, so, please. is is uh, <laughs> the World uh, Health Organization is kind of. Picking right up on all of this stuff. They're 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 gonna be able to tell you just exactly, you know, uh how, how, how we should take care of things and how we should take care of your children.
1: Yes, this is this this is another one that I hope our audience is sitting down. First of all, to our audience, I hope you're listening. But once you're listening, I hope you're sitting <laughs> down listening. Um you know, the World Health Organization is—people is, uh, on the left are, want to cede American sovereignty and power to the World Health Organization. That is, uh, is uh, just—that's um, just a fact. Yeah. The World Health Organization—now, we've talked about grooming children and uh, the, the trans nonsense and all of this. Mm-hmm, well, the wor- mm-hmm. World Health Organization— Uh, Their regional office in Europe, but Europe is, you know, if it's happening in Europe, they're going to, it's going to happen here too. Yeah. They came out, the WHO, regional office for Europe, Mm -hmm. came out for standards for sex, come out with standards for sexuality education in Europe. Again, it'll come here. Mm. Listen to this. Mm -hmm. Some of the key points they make in the sexualization of children. First of all, I want to go back and say, why are we sexualizing children? But here's one Children between zero and four years must learn about masturbation and develop an interest in their own and others' bodies. Mm-hmm. This is zero to four years old. Mm. Okay? Mm. Like a six month old has to be has to be taught about masturbation and other people's bodies. Okay. Next one, children between four and six years old must learn about masturbation and be encouraged to express their sexual needs and wishes four to six years old. Children between six and nine years old. Mm -hmm. Six and nine years old must learn about sexual intercourse. Online pornography, having a secret love and self-stimulation, six and nine years old. Mm-hmm. And finally, there's a bunch more, but the final in this list, children between nine and 12 years old should have their first sexual experience and learn to use online pornography.
0: And, you know, this almost sounds like you're making it up. I'm not making it up. I mean, it's just so crazy.
1: It's what, I'll go back to what, this is evil. This is pure evil perpetrated by who and for what purpose? Mm -hmm. Zero to four years old to learn about masturbation. First of all, little kids play with themselves anyway. And I don't mean that as a joke. I mean, that's just natural exploration. Mm -hmm. But to Mm -hmm. teach them this? Here, Johnny, put your hand down there. You'll oh, learn please, something please, here. Please, you will please. learn yeah. something yeah. here. Yeah. That's yeah. what this yeah. is, DePaul. I know it sounds gross, but it is exactly what they are doing. Oh. This is beyond comprehension.
0: Yeah, yeah. this and is this the World
1: is- Health Organization.
0: Right. And this is the World Health Organization that came across uh, right at the top and uh, denied uh, the absolutely incestuous relationship they had with China, came out with the early COVID information, came against the Barrington, uh, you know, agreement and so forth and so forth. That's so, right. And
1: the Barrington he, agreement was the one that was contra the uh, CDC yeah. and uh, Fauci, yeah. you know, God, yeah. God, God, God knows we couldn't learn about uh, opposing views there. Per- yeah, perfect yeah. perfect follow-up to the great hoax. Well, more, more, more experts you see, Phil. Experts. Mm-hmm. You know, that was funny in that quote you were reading uh, yeah. m- by this anti-democratic uh, person who, I forget his name, but he used the word experts quite a few times. You know, and I've always been oh, like yeah. experts. Oh, boy, look out for yeah. experts. By the way, I have a question. Yeah, I'll it's... bet you if I asked, oh, I don't know, Joe Biden or uh, Gavin Newsom, our governor yeah. or any of these people. They talk about an existential threat. I bet you, not one of them could give you a definition of what existential means. I'm serious. It it, it, it's it, it one depends on much
0: French literature. It's, it's one friend. of the, it's one of these phrases. What's an existential
1: threat? What yeah, does that no, mean? No, well, I don't no,
0: know, no. but it is. Oh okay. no. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's 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 become a, a catchphrase. Right. And by the way, you 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 you're, you're going to see it in this. Uh, that this is again the great divide now that the Dems have decided. It doesn't matter who the Republicans will put up uh, as a candidate. Whoever it will be, it could be DeSantis. It could be uh, who, who who's the former governor down there. You know, the Bush uh, Jeb. It could be it could be innocuous Jeb. It doesn't matter. They will all pose an existential threat to democracy. Yes, we're yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Hey, Philip, in response to uh, your uh, P.S. about the W.H.O., here's a quick good word for you, and it's – I have ambivalent feelings about it, but uh, before you go into your heroine, uh, if if you can call it that, um, my collective hero is the Indiana General Assembly and Governor Er Eric Holcomb here, who just signed the Enrolled Act 480 – into law last Wednesday, April the 5th, banning medicinal and surgical to so-called gender-affirming care for transgender youth, which will take effect as of July 1. Now, a digest, a quick recapitulation of Senate Bill 480 from the InGov website states this, it regards gender transition procedures for minors prohibits a physician or other practitioners from, one, knowingly providing gender transition procedures to an individual who is less than 18 years of age, a minor, and two, aiding or abetting another physician or practitioner in the provision of gender transition procedures to a minor. Specifics Uh, By the way, there are certain medical uh, exceptions uh, to this fact. Hocum, which they provide for. Hocum, by the way, came out and said permanent gender-changing surgeries with lifelong impacts and medically prescribed preparation for such a transition should occur as an adult, not as a minor. The bill's author, by the way, Philip, Republican State Senator Tyler Johnson, Uh, who, by the way, is a doctor, um, also expressed the sentiment, a child cannot understand the weight and permanency of these decisions. Given the pressures put on parents, the irreversible nature of these procedures, and the unknown long-term effects, there's no such thing as true informed consent. And of course Philip the Indiana chapter of the American Civil Liberties Union they've have already filed their lawsuits you know I heard a couple testify there in the in uh, I believe it was in front of the Senate and they talked about how their 3 year old boy knew that she was a girl and that as a result of this it is imposing such um the damage upon uh him or slash her and of course, lots of experts have have uh, come out and uh, none of them following the recommendations that are coming from the more liberal, democratized nations on the continent, just one-sided information, factual and data. But this is where this great divide that we've talked about, uh, particularly last week or so in the church and in the body politic, it's gonna be resolved in the in the state legislature uh, 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 Legislatures. And this this is the reason why y- you've got people like Donna Nashville and so forth who are just going to go crazy over all of this and come in with bull horns and, you know. I don't know Philip tell me your thoughts about it before going
1: it well on your top of that <laughs> with with the media cheering cheering those those clowns down in uh, in Nashville cheering them yeah. on like like they had the second coming of Martin Luther King and uh, again I say it again and I will say it every week the media is so complicit in this uh, that it's uh, uh they, they uh, by the way that's why the why uh, the 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 uh, um um the, the the percentage of the populace who uh, who have trust in the media has plummeted down to barely anything my my last thing is just sort of an a, a, a typical, yeah. a, a typical uh, uh, thing. It's, this is pretty funny. There's, there's a. Um, I, 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 this is not a hero. I'm just sort of making sort of fun of somebody today. Um, well, let's
0: call it your reverse here. My reverse
1: hero. There is an agency in the U.S. There is a U.S. agency for global media. Is a government agency funded entirely by the government? Yeah. Still, when Twitter labeled it government funded. This agency said, well, You can't do that. That's misleading. Uh-huh. And said, What? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Amanda Bennett, who's the CEO of the U.S. Agency for Global Media, rejected the label during a State Department briefing when asked about Twitter's designation of Voice of America, a subsidiary of the agency, as a government funded media. Twitter added the label to several other American outlets, including NPR, PBS. They are they are partially funded by the government. But this is what this woman said. We completely reject the implication, the implications of the label government funded. Of course, we're government funded, but it's potentially <laughs> misleading. <laughs> Here's my... In other words, you can't... Right. Here's my... It's what? Huh? What? This she was the former director of The Voice of America. She said the, the claim that the label could be misconstrued as government controlled and she says but these subsidiaries are independent not government controlled i'm sorry if 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 the government is paying every penny of it of course it's controlled by the government
0: no they have no influence whatsoever none at all uh, yes
1: we are we are independent no you're not <laughs> she doesn't want it to be misconstrued so this woman whatever her name amanda bennett honey i love you you're so smart <laughs>
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, Philip,
1: Philip, how's that? On a, how's that on a, a an, an outro note? Well,
0: it, it 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 is it is perfect because again, you know uh, the 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 hoax continues the 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 hoax that never ends and it, you just whether it's the. Denial you spoke about earlier in the podcast, the denial coming from this woman again. I love the iron curtain that has gone around. I'm being facetious, uh, uh, you know, r- regarding the, the the shooter down in Nashville. Not not a peep on her manifesto. Right. I don't know. I don't know who's protecting it, but boy, there is. Denial pressure being put there. I love the fact that finally it came out that uh, Justin Jones, you know the the gentleman you just uh, who, who liked to compare himself to Martin Luther King, uh, the Tennessee House Democrat. That at least someone, I think it was NPR who may have broken it, I'm not sure, but that he was, he assaulted a driver during the 2020 uh, protests, during the riots. He's on top of a cop car, the, uh, literally, uh, and uh, you know, he was never even prosecuted for all of this. So now he's a, but when no, but he when, is see, but one when, of our but, legislators. Right. But when you're on the left, D. Paul, don't you
1: understand? I know you understand. I'm joking. But don't you understand? Doesn't one understand that when you're on the left and you burn cities down and you assault people and yeah. punch people in the face, that because it comes from your good place, it's okay?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It just... <clears throat> It just uh, continues and continues. Well, I am. I am again. Uh, what is the name of our swimmer that we talked about last week, Philip? I can't.
1: Uh, Leah Th- something Thomas.
0: Oh no, no. But that's our that's oh, our transgender I'm one. On
1: her name, uh, yes, yes. Uh, the, yeah. the blonde lady who 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 actually got assaulted in San Francisco, but and, and and they are blaming her. That was another thing. They're blaming her yeah they blame oh. her for I, I don't know, being there to to spout stuff and to and to set off their poor little feelings. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I can't remember her name.
0: i'm I'm just encouraged out there by people like uh like her that have the absolute courage to stand up uh, to uh, so so much of this that's happening that's of a dystopian nature. In these in these hoaxes and and wanting uh, experts to define what is uh, miss and mal and disinformation, and I again, you know, when you think of our founding fathers, when you think of the people who came over here, when you when you think of the the work and the discipline that has taken place for uh, this extraordinary country to have been built, I say, God bless the individual, the individual out there. Let him or her hear, see the information, and make their discernment. We do not need the government telling us what we ought not to be hearing. Etc. Etc. This is this this invasiveness that is taking place is the deep throat that uh, deep throat. Listen to me, (laughs) the deep state state, (laughs) that uh, you've spoken about. All right, Philip. Unless you got something else, that's it for today. That is it. We gotta wrap it up, folks. So we are just going to uh, say thank you, thank you to all of our listeners, and we trust you had a blessed Easter last week, and always in uh, way of reminder, regardless of what's going on in this crazy, topsy-turvy world of ours. We do live in a great country. It's a free country. Let us keep it that way, and we're thankful for you, dear listener. I'm thankful for you, Philip. So till we meet again, this is D. Paul Thomas and Philip Charles McKenzie inviting you to join us next week for another podcast of Entering Stage Right.